If you're not making 4,000 calls a month, if you're not going to put that piece into play, like there's got to be some, there's got to be some sort of pivotal point where you've got your team, you've got what you're, you know, your funding, you know, everything that you need except the deal. You've got to get that worked out. The oil and gas industry, the driving engine of the world economy, delivering prosperity, innovation and abundance across the globe. Here are the stories of its key players, directly from the leaders themselves. This is Bulwark's Oil and Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, where real experiences are passed on from the leaders of today to the leaders of tomorrow. Here is your host, Paige Wilson. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm sitting here this afternoon at the Capital World City Center with my guest, Josh Robbins, Chief Executive Officer of Beachwood Marketing. What's going on, man? How are you? Good. How are you? I haven't seen you since SPE, ATCE in Dallas. Those are a lot of initials, but yes, that's when we wandered the halls. Yeah, we did. I think we just were trying to find where the drinks were that late in the afternoon. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the 3.35. There's like five of us running around. <laughs> when do you serve? 3.45? Okay. We'll right. stay here All until right. they... <laughs> stay put. <laughs> well, before getting into it, I wanted to ask everyone to support the show by taking a few moments to leave a review on iTunes and you'll get a shout out. So leave me a re- review, please. All right, Josh, how'd you get started in the industry? Well, so I got started in 2008 in oil and gas. So I was in the Air Force right out of high school. And then when I got out of the Air Force, I was in sales and marketing roles and joined the, I was on the service side in 2008. So that's, that's how I got in. All right. Well, what made you get into the industry? I mean, well, my sister in law was in the industry on the service side. Okay. And she was like, hey, I'm making a lot more money than you are <laughs> doing sales and marketing. So why don't you do sales and marketing for oil and gas? Because you can make more money doing it for yeah. oil and gas. So yeah, so that's what I did. Yeah. So. so let's talk a little bit more of that about that sales and marketing. That's okay. Yeah. So do you take classes? You go to school? Do no. So I've been selling things since I could crawl. Oh, okay. So it's in it's in your blood. Yeah. There's a good story. So so I grew up in in New England and my folks were, you know, middle class ish. Yeah. You know. And we got a letter in the mail that said, Josh has been selected to be a people to people student ambassador. Ooh. Yeah. So That I'm, sounds fancy. Yeah, I'm excited. So we go <laughs> to uh the meeting uh-huh. and they they said, you know, the student ambassador program is basically a student exchange program and we got to go to Australia. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so I'm really excited at that point. Right. And then they hit my folks with, it's $5,000 just just to go. Like no extra. You want to get a, Not all know, a kangaroo or, you know, <laughs> keychain? You can't have it. So anyway... So we leave there and my folks are like, absolutely not. You're not, we're not doing this, you know? And I was like, what if I can come up with the money? Ooh. Yeah. So we went to that in late October, early November, and you had to give your money by March. My folks are like, 
absolutely. If you can come up with $5,000, <laughs> then you can go. So, And when you come back, we're going to make you get more money uh, from more people. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I said, okay, I'll do it. And we went to Sam's and we bought blow pops and airheads. Nice. Yes. The big giant Sam's Club packet. And I put them in my backpack and I went to private Catholic school and I put them in my locker and sold them for three for five dollars. I made five grand by January and I had another two by March to spend as I wanted to. That's awesome. Yeah. So I've been selling things. Forever and Early ever and start. ever. Yeah. Yes, yes. I couldn't sell myself out of a wet paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you in a wet paper bag? I don't bag? know. That's, that's actually a great question. But <laughs> The salesman in me comes out. Let's talk about why you're in a wet bag to start with. <laughs> Let's point out the obvious. <laughs> oh, well, that, so that's a great start. So you end up going to this thing yeah so end up going to air force and then get out go to sales and marketing positions through a company called hilti they sell construction tools i I worked at lowe's straight out of the the service so i was working the gate waving cars in in the air force during the day and then i would leave and i would work part-time selling appliances at night with lowe's and when i got out of the service lowe's said pick a store like we'll send you wherever you want to go that's cool yeah they're great they're way pro vet for lowe's and then we moved to oklahoma city and my sister-in-law was like hey we're doing this compliance work you should do this okay and so i started selling oil field compliance services to oil and gas guys like drilling permits or more on the it was like spill environmental yeah yeah environmental spill plans and state reporting and that kind of stuff and that's so i met this guy at his office in about 2010 ish and i said you know hey you've got to do these state reports and he said i do not have to do these state reports it's okay so you basically started learning how to do regulatory didn't you so, <laughs> so oh i'm so sorry yeah so I said, yeah, you do. And and he said, I'm just going to sell everything I have. And so as a sales guy, there are very limited times that you run across something that you can't, you know, sell your way out of. But like, hey, you need X. I'm not going to own X anymore. Then then you don't need it, you know. So so I called a friend of mine who was an oil and gas operator Mm -hmm. and said, hey, you and I talked about if I ever hear about someone that wants to sell their oil and gas wells to call you. I'm calling you. So he called me back about two months later and he said, Josh, you know, this is Dale. You know, that was John. I've been trying to buy John's wells for like a decade. We just closed. Where do you want me to send your check? And I was like, I'll come get it. <laughs> drink what do you beer. Mean, yeah, it. yeah, we're gonna yeah. yeah, let's go drink beer and talk about this. <laughs> and so that was pretty much how Beachwood got started. So Beachwood finds off market deals okay. like those wells that I stumbled upon. And so I started doing that on the side. It was as a complete side hustle where I'd go out in the field and I would sell yeah. during the day and then we'd go to the bar and I would meet all the guys and we talked about what they wanted to sell, what didn't fit in 
right, with yeah. what they had, and I would connect, you know, John with Bob and John with Dave. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, there's auction sites that they could use, but these guys were mom-pop type of, you know, anything. Handshake. South, yeah, south of like 100 wells is what they were working with. And, you know, if you wanted to sell something on a auction site, it's going to cost you at least, you know, 10% commission yeah. total, yeah. you know. And so if you're talking about like a $900,000 well, you're talking about 90000 worth of commission to a mom-and-pop operator. That's a significant sum of money. Yes, it is. So I walked in and I said, I'll do it for a point and a half. So I'll do it for 1.5% and I'll sell your whatever. Like, yeah. let's just sell all of them. Yeah. You guys get the transactions done. You don't have to mess with it. I'm not actually selling. Right. You know, I'm not brokering anything. I'm right. just doing all the work that you don't want to do. Which well, how much do you own of it? What's it currently making? How much does it cost you? Put yeah. it in a bag, hand it over to what Dave. paper bag. That's right. <laughs> Here you go, Dave. Is what paper bag. Do you want it? Yes? Okay. <laughs> Call John. And so that's how it, it all got started. So we, I was basically just another option for smaller operators. So I made the life decision to stop doing this on the side and move it into full-time work. So I signed everything on July 7th, 2014, go into business for myself. And like two months later, oil crashes. And oh. then, and then f- four months after that, it completely crashes. Oh, my gosh. So everything I built was on sell side. Everything was, you know, small mom pop. Hey, let's sell. What's well, $26 a barrel in 2015? There's no mom and pop that no. want to sell anything. At, and nobody wants to sell anything at 26 Or buy anything, right. much less. Well, if oh, you, can, if you well, can buy it at 26 Right. Yeah, that makes who's a lot gonna, more sense. But who's going to sell it? That's you know? true. And so, lucky for me, I had actually sold some wells to a private equity-backed oil and gas company. And they said, we like this model. We like not having to fight with anybody else. Yeah. You just bring us the wet paper bag full of of deals. (laughs) That's what you bring us. And we don't have to fight with anybody. We don't have to go through an auction process. We just get to do it at our own pace. Like, okay, we really like these wells. We don't like those. We can cherry pick. We love this idea. How can we do this? So we worked out this structure where I worked under a retainer base. Uh And I would go out and we would draw a box and, and we would call every operator within that box. Yeah, because it's so convenient to have wells nearby wells that you already own. It just makes sense. That's right. And so as a private equity back oil and gas company, you're looking for deals, but you're also looking for something that you can repackage. And so what's easier to repackage than, hey, you only need one field guy because we own this entire section like exactly. that, that makes the most sense. Yeah. So we, so I just basically dumped the puzzle out and started putting pieces together, right? And so, so that's how Beachwood evolved. So we work buy side only, go out and find every possible deal you could imagine that's non-op, that's operated, whatever, whatever your box is. We'll go call it. So yeah. now the team in Oklahoma City, we call like 4,000 
oil and gas companies a month. It's a nice little boiler room that we have in <laughs> Oklahoma City. <laughs> and we the visuals are that's over it. Here. That's that's all it is because that's that's what you have to do. You, yeah. I mean, there's only so many ways that you can that you can Skin sli- a cat. Yeah, you slice it. You know, and yeah. and the only way you can do that in oil and gas is you've got to be present. And the only time you can be present is you have to be in the right place at the right time. And the only way you can do that is over and over and over and over again. So we're calling, like I said, like 4,000 a month. You know, it's starting to get crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah. I see I see all your social posts like all the time. And I'm just like, where is he now? Goodness. That link, LinkedIn is, is yeah, uh, I've seen you, where um, I live. Yeah. I noticed. So other than the downturn, what were some real challenges? Well, so I'm a sales and marketing guy. I don't have the first idea of how to run a company. Yeah. You know, I you have to you have to learn it. You know, right now in twenty nineteen, entrepreneurialism is like you can just get a shirt. Like yeah. I'm an entrepreneur. Speaking of, where's my uh, it's my in the car. shirt? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Co- hashtag coffees for closers. Yes, that's his hashtag. And I wanted a shirt, and I'm so glad he thought of me. Yes. Yay! Thank you, Josh. You're welcome. So I I have this great idea, but how do you get idea to dollars in the bank? And that process, like that, was the biggest challenge for me is to because you know I can sell, and I mean so blow pops and. Yeah, and airheads. Yeah, and and like a 10th grade. I mean, I can sell anything, but how do I make a business out of that? How do I, how do you take it from A to B and make it a, you know, make it bigger? How do you, you know, how do you take it from, from one client to a hundred clients? How do you do that? And so that's, that's been the challenge. So you love Nape, huh? I missed Nate for the summit this year. I was in San Francisco for the IBM thing conference. So I missed you at that. But so so Nate was insane. So Nate, I love Nate because it brings everyone in the same place at the same time. Right. You know, I'm in Houston today. I'll be in Dallas on Thursday. I'm in Tulsa on Tuesday. Like it's ridiculous. Well, at least it's one straight line, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> this week. <you> know. <laughs> and then Denver, you know, it's like yeah. a left hand turn. But in for Nape, it's everyone at the same place, same time. So I decided, <laughs> I, I had this, I had this idea that I would just tell everyone that we were going to meet when I was there, not thinking that literally everyone is there. <laughs> so Did I you had, have like a crowd. I had fifty-seven meetings, <gasps> fifty-seven meetings at Nape. Fifty-seven. I was literally okay. So Biggio's is at one end, and the Hilton Bar is at the other. Yeah. And there's like a a sidewalk that runs the whole length of the convention center. Right. And I'm literally running from Biggio's to the to the Hilton Bar, and you'll enjoy this because of the the whole LinkedIn coffees for closers thing. <laughs> so this guy gets out of the convention center and he's like, Josh yells at me from across the street. And I'm like, you know, yeah. Hey, who, you know, who are who you? Are you? <laughs> you know, no idea who this person is to this day. I have no idea. And he says, Hey man, I love what you're doing. Coffees for closers. <laughs> like in the middle of downtown Houston, like, <laughs> I've seen worse things happen. Yeah, so that's, that's, yeah that's, me too. Thank <laughs> goodness that was the only story. But <laughs> so. anyway, 
So yeah, Nape is 57 meters. I can't even wrap my head around that. It was, it's insane. Like it, it was like 815, 823, 842. Like it was nuts. It was everywhere you could possibly. like 10 minute increments or what? Yeah. And it was literally like, what are you looking for? Where's your box? Yeah. Are are we going to start working for you? Yeah. Like, or we're already working for you. And this is the, this is where we are from here, from the people that are coming, or you want to sell something and you want to use Beachwood's buyer network to go, yeah. you know, Hey, I'm not getting anything, any traction at Nape. Why don't I just call Josh and have him sell it? Because <laughs> Cause he's not busy. Yeah, he's, not, <laughs> he's not, he's not doing anything Give him this airhead and tell him to go sell it, you know? So, <laughs> you know, that's, and that's what people are doing. They were just handing me like literally thumb drives, like, Hey, check this out. You get back to the city, call me. That's awesome. Okay. Next. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, it was crazy. That whole deal was nuts. <laughs> so if you had one piece of advice to give our audience, what would it be? A piece of advice that I'd give to people out there. So there's a lot of people in my in the A&D space that work for a lot of different companies. And for those that don't know what A&D is, what is A&D? Acquisitions and divestitures. Okay. Buy and sell. And so there's a lot of people that are out there that, that think that they can just put together a team and go out and do, you know, start a business. Go out and, and get it, get some funding and go and get it started. The biggest hurdle is the deal finding portion of that. Now, we find deals all day long. So right. we're calling 4,000 people every single month. And we're finding 25 deals a month that need buyers. Yeah. But if you're not making 4,000 calls a month. If you're not going to put that piece into play, like there's got to be some, there's got to be some sort of pivotal point where you've got your team, you've got what you're, you know, your funding, you know, everything that you need except the deal. You've got to get that worked out some way, shape or form, whether it's, hey, we're going to go just public deals, whatever's on the market. That's what we're going to buy. Good luck. (laughs) <laughs> but you really have got to work that out. And there's a lot of teams that are forming, especially, I mean, that's what happens. So oil goes to 60, goes to 40, goes to 70, goes to 40. There's a yeah. lot of teams that are built in the 45, 50 range that are thinking, okay, if we can just build it, buy it, we could do this. Yeah. And you've got to get that piece worked out. Yeah, just the, the team building part, right? Yeah, team building and and deal sourcing. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I can see how that's difficult. Yep. Because everybody's presentations have like proprietary deal sourcing. Like that's what they have on the front cover. Yep. Which how do you how do you <laughs> it's proprietary. You can't you can't know how we source deals. We're right. <laughs> but but you're gonna get that money and then what are you gonna do? Like there's a lot of teams that died in twenty fifteen because they didn't work out that problem. So that I'm just I mean, yeah. the, the advice would be learn from the past and know move that, forward. Yeah, that's exactly right. Gotcha. So what book influenced you the most? I would say it was Man's Search for Meaning. It's by uh, Viktor Frankl. And we'll definitely put a link in the show notes for that book. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I got out of the service. I was uh, 22, 23 at the time. And uh, I picked it up or it was a present. I can't, you know. 
Um, you know, yeah. No one can remember 22, 23. So unless you are 22 and 23. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's, he was in a concentration camp and mm-hmm. it was like his, you know, he survived it, but it was like, what was his purpose in life? And like, when you break it down all the way to like the core meaning of what it is that you're doing, you try to find as much purpose as you can. And that's, that really spoke to me. Good, 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 good. What's your most used business tool? If you say LinkedIn, or, <laughs> I'm not going to do anything, but I have a feeling that's what you're going to say. Is it, can I use Outlook? No, I'm just kidding. No. Yeah, no, it's God, definitely. God, that would really, <laughs> Outlook? It's going to be LinkedIn. I mean, that's, you said I couldn't use it, so I'm just I, don't, kidding. I don't know. No, yeah. that's great. Yeah, it had to be LinkedIn. LinkedIn, the reach that you get in LinkedIn has always been really good. It's just now people, like everyone is on it. So back in 2000 and whatever, nine, when I started using it, I was like, this is great. You can get to the top of the chain without having to call anybody to get through all of the levels to get to the top. This is fantastic, except the top didn't use LinkedIn. So yeah, in 09, they don't, they weren't, nobody was on it, you know? And so the this more was, people that was prior to Microsoft buying them. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to even. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember what today is. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what year that happened. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, the reach now, everyone's on it, and they use it. They yeah. u- they utilize it as a as a business tool. They they put resumes out. You know, I can find people that are looking for jobs. I can run promotions or I can tell. You can tell whether or not they're legit. That's right. Yeah. In most cases. That's right. In most cases you can tell. Yeah. So there's not many of us that work at oil and gas global network, but boy, do we have a lot of employees. We have a model. Yeah. We have a, I was going to ask you guys about that. Like, is this, is this your thing? Do you guys need drivers to get you from place to place? (laughs) Actually, maybe we do, (laughs) but I'm not paying them. I mean, I'm going to Tulsa on Tuesday. Well, if you if you find any of our employees over there, please let them know they're fired. I will do it. I will do it. Yeah, no, I need to send a, a note to to LinkedIn. I think Mark has already done that in the past. So if you I get some, if anybody gets any sketchy type of requests, and it says global oil and gas global network, please let me know. So because I report every all that mess and it just never seems to work itself out and just to be clear jake and colin are sketch but they're not sketch (laughs) well that's okay it's jake normally the one that's actually accepting these requests from these people that work for us so and i know he didn't listen so whatever i'm gonna say what i want my show (laughs) but it's normally him what's up jake (laughs) oh jakey so who's your most respected competitor do you have a competitor? So I wish we had a competitor that was exactly like what we do. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's very surprising that we have as much new in oil and gas in 2019 because it's a at least a decade old, I mean a century old business. Yeah. You would think at some point in time someone would have been like, hey, how do we sell our – our wells mm-hmm. and we give it to the engineers. And so you would think at some point in time they'd have been like, the engineers would have been like, you know what? We should probably have some salespeople in here, but they don't like, that's not 
If you have to sell something, it literally goes to engineering, to land, to geology. Everyone puts their piece in. Yeah. And then they ship it off. Yeah, Yeah, they ship it off. There's no... There's no one actually selling what it is that you have. Now, that's come a long way, even in the last 10 years. There, yeah. are, there are business development people. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's the highest land executive that exists. And they yeah, just normally the VP of oper- you know, the VP of land. Yep. Yeah. And they just say, hey, guess what? Your card now has business development on it. Good, good job. You know, you've been promoted. <laughs> but they kind of they kind of coincide with legal, don't right. they? Yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, to sell what you're doing or to buy more, no one is calling four thousand people. Like that's just not that's just not what happens. You know, like if you want to yeah. if you want to buy in the box, you just there's nobody that's doing that. However, you know, Energy Net. PLS now owned by Drilling Info. Clearing, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. did see Drilling that. Drilling Info is on a kick. They are buying everything. It is awesome. Good. Like, yeah, get it. Yeah, they bought me the map. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, on the move. Yeah, they're doing. They're doing a lot. So, yeah, I like that Austin office. Some of those guys in there. Are, those guys are salespeople. Yeah, I like those guys. Yeah, those. Some of those guys are a hoot. Some of them are a hoot for sure. But yeah, EnergyNet is probably the biggest competitor. I can see that, yeah. What's your most important lesson learned? In life or in business or in both? Both. Goodness. Well, the most important lesson in life is, well, it's a business podcast. I got to probably stick with business. Nah. All right. Well, if you find the one, get you keep it. You <laughs> keep it. Whether it's the idea, the person, whatever. If you find it, you keep it. Because it will not come again. Like, it won't come back around. Like, that's not how it works. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. What about business? Don't believe what everyone else is telling you. Like, if you want to be a CPA at a Fortune 500 company and you're watching Gary Vaynerchuk tell you not to go to college, you are not going to get, you're not going to get your goal. Like, you can't do both. Yeah. You can't not go to college because it's cool and be a Fortune 500 CPA, you know, CFO, yeah. chief of accounting. Like you have to learn the language. Like you just can't walk into Italy and be like, eh, suck. I'm not going to learn it. I'm just going to pick it up from the street. You can. Yeah. It's going to take you a hell of a lot longer. Probably. Than if you just went to class. Yeah. So. Well, that's something I like to tell my kids. Is, yeah. You're not, it's, it's just not going to happen. You have to work for it. You absolutely have to work for it. Yeah. 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 What's your favorite podcast? This one, obviously. The Oil and well, Gas Industry Leaders Podcast. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. I really appreciate that. So, events on deck. What we got? Okay. So, we got OTC coming up, second week of May. Our OGG, really? yeah, the second week of May. Normally, wow. it, normally it's like uh, the end of April, yeah. very first week of May. But it's, I, I guess, something changed. I don't know. Second week of May, and they do whatever they want. But it's at Reliant. Whoa, I just said Reliant. I mean, Energy. Whoa, I just aged myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck. I'm stuck into ten years ago. Is it maybe even further? Goodness. Yeah. What's well, Minute Park again? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that's the base. That's the ballpark, man. <laughs> So then, then there's Toyota Center or whatever. But anyway, 
And then, we, of course, last Tuesday of every month, we have the OGGN Happy Hour, which is actually something Josh will be attending with me tonight. I will. Yeah, so that's going to be great. Uh, 69 p.m. at the Canon. We're also looking to launch the Permian Perspective podcasts. all, let's see, the OGGN Happy Hour there in Midland, and we're also launching that show. So that's going to be exciting. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. Late April, right? Yeah, Krista Escamella is going to be the host of that show. Nice. Yeah, got a great... Great background, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually going to start listening to podcasts again. Yeah, you guys got some talent. Uh, for real. Yeah. She, yeah she's got she's an extensive ba- background, and, and I think she was with CBS for 12 years or something like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, fantastic. I, I'm so excited, and I got to train her since wow. I'm the training director now. Hey. Yeah. High five to you. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yay, high five to me. <laughs> so thanks for coming in and getting all fancy with me. That's what I do. (laughs) If people want to reach out to you and or get to know more about Beachwood, how can they go about doing that? So you go to beachwoodmarketing.com. There's a contact click. So you fill out your name and do you want coffee is for closers swag? <laughs> There's a, a box. You can what check. are you, a YouTuber now trying to sell No, merch? no, no. I, no. <laughs> and I, and I, I want to be real clear. Yeah. I, this is not stuff for sale. Uh. People keep asking, like, where can I buy it? Like, no, I'm not selling it. That's I pretty cool for you. Sell it. Yeah. I don't yeah. blame you. You got to pay taxes on that, man. Yeah, I'm just running around. And if you want to, if you want some cool swag, like the best swag ever, yeah. then I will give it to I'm you. I'm really excited but. about my t-shirt. <laughs> awesome. And then LinkedIn. Oh, so, of course. Yeah, and, you, and yeah, I have links already in my show notes. And uh, I'm sure. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I've got a great media director. Thanks, Julie. She's awesome too. Yeah. yeah fantastic. All right, so that concludes this episode. So just remember, it's up to you to open the next door. Tune in next week for another intriguing episode of Bulwark's Oil and Gas Industry Leaders podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasindustryleaders.com. 